I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Sportage episode. Oh, yeah. That's right, 3-0. Wow. 30, we're sorry. As I said to so many people at the Grand Drunk Railroad on Saturday, I'm just so sorry for this podcast. Um, joining us this week is the full complement, the full cast, the full crew. Uh, Clarence is here. What's up, fuckers? Brandon is in sweltering Dallas, where it's 93 degrees today. Sweaty B. Stu is on the phone. Sports fest. Fun <laughs> <laughs> punch. Sports fest. <laughs> and sorry, joining us to talk about our main topic for the week. Uh, who keeps joining us to talk about trips to go somewhere and watch baseball and drink, and which tend to be our most popular episodes is Parker Hageman. Welcome, Parker. Yeah, well, I've, I've distanced myself from you guys. I'm actually doing this remotely, so just kind of. <laughs> included in this yeah there was a time when people would often make the drive to my house and we'd record the podcast there and it was sort of a community thing now everyone has stopped doing that so i i, I can't help but think it's a personal thing which is fine i get it you know whatever i wouldn't want to come up here either I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere in your fridge that was my problem <laughs> yeah there 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 was real problems with a lot of stuff so we're we're just getting used to the all remote podcast so we'll go from there what we want to talk about this week is something that Parker was at and I was at and everybody else on this podcast skipped, which I can't tell you how angry I am about, which was Grand Dunk Railroad. For the, for anybody who doesn't know, Parker organized a thing for... How many people ended up signing up, Parker? Uh, we signed up 93, and then we had a few extras that came by and um, joined in, even though they had their own tickets. So, so we had about a hundo. About a hundo. We're going to say 250,000 people. <laughs> showed up. County area. Yep. Most of Minnesota showed up on Saturday for a light rail pub crawl followed by a Twins game. And I think most of us got most of the fun from the light rail pub crawl because the Twins game had a two-hour rain delay in the middle. So take us through a little bit of take us through a little bit of what happened getting to the game, Parker. I was hoping you were going to tell me because I am also a little yeah what. Happened. 
there, there's certainly some fuzziness from all participants. I we we started at the Cardinal Bar. I actually was coming from the Gopher football game, so I ended up meeting everybody at the Cardinal Bar and not talking to anyone the whole time and watching the second half of the Gopher football game while everybody else had fun behind me because I wanted to Smart. make sure the Gophers would represent the podcast. So I, that was really a good social aspect for me. People co- kept coming up to the bar and ordering stuff, and I talked to them briefly, but then turned my attention back to watching the Gophers beat the hated Leathernecks of Western Illinois, who I thought were the Bulldogs because they're the picture of their mascot is a bulldog. Um, so we're at the Cardinal Bar. At some point, somebody gave some signal that we were all supposed to go and go to the Harriet Island Brewing Company, although I was listening. I carried a whistle. That yeah. was the same. You didn't hear the whistle? <laughs> I, do, I, I do vaguely remember the whistle. Let's put it that I way. I also lost the train whistle along the Grand Drunk Railroad or maybe had it stolen from me, one or the other. Yeah, somebody else had it at Whiskey Junction, as I recall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, me. Yeah, so that happened. Um, so we went to Harriet Brewing, which is a, I don't know if you sellers have been down there, but it's a very nice establishment that doesn't serve Coors Lights. They make their own. <laughs> oh, that it's, sucks. I know, I know. And, um, you know, it's a nice little tap room, and they had uh, a, a guy playing acoustic music because that was uh, Clarence's favorite. I said, please play acoustic music for Clarence. No Coors Light and acoustic music. Yeah, yeah, that sounds... I, like a I bar. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right up your alley. So I don't understand. How do you know when the beer's cold? I don't get it. Right. You to, like, just taste it or? Touch the cup. It was Ooh. kind of. It was all, there's no visual. 1800s. Yeah. This is modern era. Let's, let's get with it, guys. Let's get with it. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, was a, that was a good place, and we had a good turnout there, and um, that's when people started to get loose. That's when you know, that applied a little bit. And we went over to the Whiskey Junction Caboose area, which I think, I think uh, Randball Stu is used to going up there and partying back in his heyday. Like you know, it, I thought you were like a, you know, touring with one of the local bands and you're one of their roadies. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, I was in the the Lamont Cranston band. I, uh, I, I was the I was the bass tech for uh, Slippery. Backup tambourine. Slippery Anderson. So. There, there we kind of had a, a split up crew, you know, because uh, they were supposed to have a big outdoor event with some live live music, and uh, because it was sort of sprinkling, I guess they didn't do it, and so you know half half went in the Whiskey Junction, half went over to the Caboose, and but the people that didn't go to the Caboose did not get to meet Vikings Dave, who is my new best friend on Facebook. Um, yes, he is. <laughs> on a game day, who dresses in all Vikings stuff has a Vikings tattoo, and drinks out of his own Vikings horn at a bar. Good God. So he's my best friend. And he might be in my wedding. I'd love to see his alimony payments. <laughs> they have to be staggering. <laughs> now, I can, I can tell you at this point that I did not know that there were two separate bars at the Whiskey Junction Caboose stop, and I couldn't tell you which one I was at for sure. There was sort of an outdoor patio. Park, I saw Parker smoking a cigarette outside there. Which one was that, Park, Parker? Parker. Mm, I don't know what that was. That was close. close. <laughs> that was close. Let's not, uh, let's not talk too loud here. Um, <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, what was kind of funny, too, along the way is uh, Aaron Gleeman and John Bonus, who have both been on your podcast, and they also podcast. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Mm-hmm. But they just... Yeah. Uh, in between each stop. So they did it at the Cardinal for a little bit, and then they uh, did a little bit at um, Whiskey Junction, 
and they brought on Jack Moore, who's a fan graphs writer. He write he it's a site that has all those neat stats that Clarence loves about UZR and all those hypermetric stuff. The what now? (laughs) Who does what now? The hypermetrics. The hypermetric. But so Jack Moore at this point was apparently very drunk, I think was the the way we describe it. And (laughs) the podcast, um, you could tell that he was a little bit intoxicated. So at this point... I was listening to that podcast before coming here, and he was definitely having some trouble getting his words out. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I got a little loose at that point. And we hadn't even reached the point of having the free beer yet that we were offering everyone. So, you know, painting a picture. Now we're going down the light rail again down to Mason's, which we uh, we recruited 612 Brew. Also not Coors Light, but they had a free keg for the people that joined in, right? So we got to drink an entire keg for free, and people did that. At this point, <laughs> people made the decision not to go to the game because it was raining. So there was half the crew that didn't go in and half the crew that went in. We go into the game, which actually started late because it's sprinkling or, you know, pissing water, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we go to the section, and there's, like, a very few people there. People are scattered underneath some of the concourses. And so I come out of the bathroom after the second inning, and I find John just staring at a TV and kind of swaying a little bit at this point. I got to rescue him big time. And that's when we uh, we brought him back aboard and made sure he got home safe. Yeah, there. Just just to give you my perspective at this point, I I had been hanging out with uh, Wade Anderson, great friend of the podcast, sponsor of the podcast, nicest guy in the world. I I had hung out with him pretty much at Harriet Brewing and at the Caboose and or Whiskey Junction because I'm still not sure which one I was at. Uh, we played a lot of pull tabs and we lost a lot of money at pull tabs. Get out. <laughs> As it turns out, we're pretty bad at pull tabs. I'm not entirely sure which at this bar actually had any winners in the box. They had a now, giant. Did you, for, did you ask for electronic pull tab to support the new stadium? No, I'm pretty sure that they didn't have anything electronic there, oh, up to and including lights. Really yeah. So it. I, I think if I recall the pull tabs correctly, there was like one three hundred dollar prize, and there were like four million pull tabs in there. So. I'm sure that bar made a ton of money on pull tabs. I know they did from Wade and I. And by the time I got down to Mason's, I think Wade had gone home. I was hanging out with at Floyding and at Emobi and at Bill Helm, and we were having a good time, and there was free beer, and everything sort of got hazy after that. I know I ended up at the stadium with those guys. I got separated somehow. Uh, Stu was giving me bad directions via text message because I was still trying to convince him to come down and hang out. (laughs) Because I thought that was definitely going to happen. Um, <laughs> he, he was giving me unhelpful directions that way. And so finally I ran into Parker in center field. And thank goodness, because I don't know what would have become of me after that. No, no, it, you didn't run into me. I I found you and saved you like a like a lost bird. That's, yeah. John's memory <laughs> doesn't sound too clear. That I doesn't sound entirely been. accurate, but... <laughs> I've been nursed you back to health by feeding you Coors Lights at the game. Yeah. So at that and point... This- at that point, the rain delay started, and we all headed to Herbex, where things got better immediately, as, as much as anything, because a Aaron Gleeman showed up at that point. I don't know where Bonus had been. He was there, too, but Aaron finally made it to the game during the rain delay, so you can imagine just what he was doing up until then. But um, that was that was probably the point at which the best story from the Grand Drunk Railroad happened which was Twins PR guy Dustin Morris showed up with Glenn Perkins' credit card to buy us beer. 
Yeah, had this uh, big gold card that he's waving around saying, all right, Glenn says uh, I'm going to buy all you guys with the red T-shirts on a round of drinks. Not sure how many people are up in that, but there was, what, 25 of the Yeah. Good core left, I'd say, that didn't go home. Um, so that was that was nice. I tried to talk the bartender into making me a new drink called the Perkins Speedball, which was like all the liquor <laughs> in one glass and see what would happen, but... They had to order a real drink. <laughs> so we got more Coors Lights, as I recall. Yes. So that, as far as I know, was the end of the night because I headed home after that. Parker, did you stick around any longer than that? Do you got any other good stories after that? Yeah, well, so I shamed Gleeman for not showing up. He actually, this is a little known fact, missed out on the Glenn Perkins round of uh, alcohol because he was still at uh, Kieran's buying shots for everybody and ringing up a huge bar tab. So, you know, naturally I rub that in a bit and uh, make fun of him, and he decides to make it up by buying two towers of beers at Glick. So you guys familiar with the beer towers? I'm not. I'm intrigued. It's just basically the giant piping, like, you know, like a yard tall, two yards of beer, you know, so it's... Uh, with a little spigot on the bottom? Yes, exactly. So you could just serve okay. yourself at home. So um, the few people that were upright at this point, and... At that point, John Bonus was definitely not going to be upright much longer. We're at <laughs> and, uh, having a few beers, and that was that was about the end of it. I think around midnight, we all kind of looked at our phones and went, "Oh God, we gotta get out of here." <laughs> so, what time did this day start? Well, we met at twelve thirty. My day started with a nice little uh, screwdriver at about uh, ten a.m. You know. Holy shit! You're a it's hero. Not a sprint. All right, let's you know pace yourself, and you'd be fine. Pacing yourself with screwdrivers, the Parker Hageman story. <laughs> well, you run right out of the gate right away, and then you get New Year's dog, right? Okay. Kind of like when you, when, you hit a, when you hit a surefire double, you kind of get out of the box quick, and then you kind of just start trotting a second. Yep, yep, then you know where you're at. Well, that's yeah. great. So where did this idea come from? You just wanted to do a, a pub crawl, and it kind of grew from there, or what? started with our Stearns County party bus talk, you know, what we did on episode four or whatever it was that we were talking about doing. And then we had more and more people that had been hearing about our Stearns County, and they said, well, we want to go, we want to go. And we're like, well, we can't all fit on a bus, so we came up with the uh, the pub crawl idea on the light rail. And it turned out to be uh, it was well-received, I think. I think it was well-received, yeah. especially by some of the people who never made it to the game. And one person <laughs> who I actually don't know who it was, but I got a text from Bonus in the morning that said he found a grand drunk railroader passed out on the plaza as he was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Nick Nelson, I assume. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty that's, sure that's, it wasn't. That's a Nick Nelson. No, we, that's a Nick Nelson thing right there. We had a discussion about who it was, and John didn't seem to know, and neither did I. So I'm not sure who it was, but whoever you are, bravo, sir. You've won the Grand Drunk Railroad. There was also somebody at Herbex yeah, who know. was who was pretty much. I think he was pretty much sleeping in the corner on the porch at Herbex. So. Wasn't there a guy at the Stearns County thing who was, like, absolutely hammered? Yeah, that was Stu. That was me. That was Stu? All right, hey. I think it was okay. me, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mom, how's it going? <laughs> Benny C. was the one who was pretty hammered at the uh, at the party bus. Oh, yeah, Benny, that's right, because he had two hairy buffaloes. And that's, that's I think that's, that's who I'm thinking of. Okay, That is certain death, yeah. And he was 
be at the pub crawl and he never showed up. So at the uh, light rail pub crawl, he never showed up. So also yeah. on that list, Dana Wessel was supposed to be at the light rail pub crawl, wasn't he? Yeah, yes, he was. Uh, there's some issues uh, employment wise that kept him. All right. Maybe soccer or two as well. Yeah, I thought it was because Chelsea lost on Saturday and he just didn't want to show up after that. Who, who's she? Doesn't he have to go to bed at like 4 p.m. every night now? Yeah. Not on weekends, though. He can like go to stay up until like eight, nine o'clock on week week weekend nights. Holy shit! I know clubbing. Well, if you're listening, yep. Dana, I'm sorry you didn't show up. I was ready to buy you a beer. No more. Never again. Never no. again. Yep. Not, not, not happen. happening. How come he has not been show? What, what? what do you have against Dana? We we've had Dana on once. He won't come back on because we're too uncouth. Mm-hmm. We do swear a lot. There hasn't been one yet, I don't think. That's true. I don't think anybody's dropped one yet. Clarence, you want to drop one? No, that's not my style. Yeah, no, that's true. He's, an, he's no, a changed man. We've we got to get it all above board. we got to get Clarence riled up about something inconsequential, like ketchup or softball. It'll happen. Yep. I want to hear his, yeah. his take on public transportation, because that's on Twitter. Clarence's <laughs> reason that he wasn't going to come to the uh, pub crawl. Oh, we we don't have enough time for that part. <laughs> um, we'll just leave it at that. That's a whole episode unto itself. Oh God, can't wait. Love public transportation. I, I do. I love it. I think you're you're misguided on on my opinion on that one. Why would you uh-huh. love public transportation? I love it. I, I think it's wonderful. We're going to build a train to your house. Are you still excited? No, 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 no. Trains are different. Now we're talking about two separate. Separate things. And why don't you like trains? Fucking trains. Gee, that's a whole. That's a whole separate issue. You and your choo-choo trains and trying to be like a little <laughs> fucking because you're still stuck at four years old in your little train set and fucking ooh, tugging it. A little train that you can ejaculate into. Ooh, I love that. And train. there your, goes Clarence, everybody. Put your, put your little fucking hat there on. There he goes. And, Look at the train can go. <laughs> put your little hat on, your little fucking bib overalls. And, oh, you want know the train can go? Train can go in the prairie. Oh, there's a train in it. You want know a little smoke? And, oh, fucking me. <laughs> billion, dollars, billion dollars later, there we are. Fucking stuck in a train. Hiawatha Avenue, you can't fucking get from one end to the other in less than 45 minutes. That is absolutely true. Hiawatha was always terrible, but now that the light rail's in there, I would, I'd rather, I don't know what I'd rather do. I just hate it. because your dad wouldn't buy you a fucking train, you know, a fucking caboose from uh, Toys R Us when you were seven, and now we got Hiawatha's completely fucked. That's (laughs) Anyways, I told you. I, I fucking told you not to skip me started. I warned you. Now yeah. here we are. Yeah, I can't no argue with anything Clarence just said. It's all true. Sure. <laughs> so that's why Clarence wasn't there. Stu, why weren't you there? No, I was, uh, I was actually up north hunting. And no. I, that was my excuse. Right. Yeah, I was gonna go to I was gonna go to Chicago to see the replacement actually, but that fell through, and then once that oh. fell through, it was too late to reschedule to do this. So then I'm you know I had to make the run to Home Depot and you know all that stuff. So. Check out some uh, some curtains. Some curtains. Uh... <laughs> getting a new couch, not from Home <laughs> Depot, but we're getting a new couch this week. So hey, that's Ooh, all right. That's gotta yeah. ease the uh, sting of the replacement show. Yeah, not so much, guys. Not so yeah. much. No. 
Nope. So all Sorry of my all of my insistent texts about how you could come meet Wade weren't any helps to. Nope, nope, they weren't. I already the die was cast. I, I wasn't even gonna try to sell Mandy on it. You know, hey honey, we're not doing too much this afternoon. What if I just you know stuck down the interstate and hung out with the guys for a little bit? Then you can maybe come to Minneapolis and pick me up. So I'll be too drunk to drive home. And <laughs> I, I, I was replaying that conversation in my mind, and I just. I just knew it wasn't going to fly. So. What were your thoughts when you saw on the uh, social medias that uh, Glenn Perkins is buying around for the uh, the group? I, 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 that one stung a little bit. That really did. Because, yeah, I, 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 uh, yeah, it hurt. I'd, I'd love to say, you know, I was happy for you guys, but no, I was just jealous. <laughs> I just wanted to be there. Those. You don't miss what we do. I know, I know, I know. I've learned my lesson. I know that whenever the winter pub crawl happens, I will get my mucklucks and uh, a sturdy St. Bernard, and I'm going to ride that fucker all the way down 94, and I'll be <laughs> ready to party. So, get run over by a train. What get run over by a train. And Clarence will just point and say, see? See, yeah, told you. Mark Dayton, now Stu's dead. <laughs> Jesse, the Jesse train. Thanks for the body. Nice fucking work. <laughs> so what uh, I th- what I think we need to do is organize a Clarence Swamp Town event of some kind, like a Clarence Swamp Town pub crawl to a light to a wild game. Only it starts at the Excel Center basically and ends there too because there's twelve bars within ten feet out there. What do you sure. think, Clarence? I'll go to I'll go to Cassettes. Oh, I love Cassettes. Holy I'll go to McGovern's. I, I got no problem with that. So what would you be like? You start from east to west. You go to uh, go like Red Savoy. Eagles. Yep. And then the Gopher yep. Bar. And yep. then Allery's. And then maybe... We're Bulldog. not getting out of Allery's. There's no way anybody's getting out of Allery's. And then you, yeah. And that charade right there. A little bit of motorboating. You old sailor. <laughs> yep. And then, See if you um, can feel one of the cop car doors off of the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody does leave, we go to uh, Bulldog Lower Town yep. and uh, just keep working our way west. End up at Cassettes and maybe just yep. bypass the game altogether. Just keep <laughs> I was going. Gonna say, either yeah, we're going to have to start at night in the morning, or we're never making it to the wild game. I mean, if you well, a big group, though, going to a game is kind of a bummer anyway, right? I mean, you got sitting in your extra. You can't really even talk to anybody besides the guy right next to you. I think it's more fun with the group just to go to a bar. Well, oh, I don't disagree with that. You would have fit in very well on the Grand Drunk Railroad, I think, because that was the decision yeah. that most of the participants reached. There's no way I'm going to a game if I'm at a bar that with friends. I mean, that's it. It's over. That's why Target Field's good, though. I mean, you can walk around, you can kind of lean, watch the game, and then you can go to, like, three bars inside of it. So at the yeah. XL, you don't really have that, that same atmosphere. All right, so here's my uh, here's my bar crawl idea. Bar crawl uh, the opposite direction in Minneapolis to the Metrodome, and you got you hear hear me out on this one. Uh, I've floated this one before. Right before they're about to demolish the Metrodome here, what when is that going to happen? This yeah, after the yeah after the Vikings are over yeah yeah. Uh, we ask if we can use the Metrodome for a giant paintball tournament. Bucket uh-huh. paintball. Right. Drunken paintball uh, after the bar crawl and just in fact, just tear the place apart. Just bring, uh, I don't know, explosives. Like a real war 
and, uh, you know, lob grenades and shit. <laughs> just fucking uh-huh. just, just tear the place to the ground. Keep going. Um, oh, God. Well, no, that's it. Ordin- live ordinance. You know. <laughs> this is uh, stop being so Bring your own on. weapons. Yeah. Bring your own yeah. ammo. Yeah. B-Y-O-A. It starts uh, with paintball, which is, you know, maybe it starts with a squirt gun fight, and then ends with actual machine guns, bazookas, many wrecking balls. Well, I don't know about automatic weapons. Um, yeah, yeah, let's I not guess, get crazy no. here. Yeah, that's getting true. I just want to see something fun happen in the Metrodome, because the Vikings aren't going to provide it. I want to see something fun in the, happen in the Metrodome before it's done. Twins in 2010? That was probably about it, right? Yeah. 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 So Parker, yeah. Parker, what do you think your next organ? Because you're sort of now become the Pied Piper of drunkards, or at least drunkard (laughs) twins fan. So (laughs) put it on the resume. Yeah. So what do you think is going to be the next event that you got coming up? We've got a uh, Twins Fest related idea um, that I'm working out. David Brower, who is also on the crawl. Um, he used to do things in the meantime, you know, yes, no, maybe so. He was on the pub crawl, and he used to organize a um, ballpark tours, you know, get people to go to all these other tours. So he's going to help out, organize a uh, something at the Twins Fest with me. Oh, it's cool. It'll be beer-related. Sure. Who fights Swarzak this year? <laughs> yeah, Who's on the that's how the night ends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'll take on Doug Bernier anytime. <laughs> any place, I got, I got anytime, no Doug that. Bernier. That's yep. a non-sanctioned match. So, uh, yeah, he's exactly. Gauntlet has been thrown <laughs> down. No disqualification, no count out. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I'm good with that. All right, well, I think it was an excellent event. I commend yeah. Parker. For scheduling it. Congratulations. And I'm glad you got to go this time because you missed out on the Stearns County. I did miss it on, so. out on the Stearns yeah. County party bus, and I, I'm just I'm just glad to be a part of this one. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit Vikings. Uh, they obviously oh, lost. They, lo- they lost again this week, 31-30 to Chicago. Um, yep. Yes, they did. I, I think it's probably best if we just ignore that entirely because – most of what we talk about on this podcast is Christian Ponder related, and a lot of people, Clarence and I had this discussion on Twitter, actually, a lot of people seem to be giving Ponder some credit for playing not awful in the second half, and I just want to remind those people that the Vikings offense put up a big 16 points this week and gave seven away, so that's a nine-point performance. Are you happy with nine points, you idiots? No, you're not. <laughs> so, it's one half. One half of one football game in three years of bullshit. It's just... If you're if you're trying to tell yourself, well, Ponder actually made a couple of decent throws in the second half. Well, he's an NFL quarterback. That shouldn't be a cause for celebration. Nope. Those throws will be picked off next week. He is who he is. It's just, it's so frustrating. <sighs> I can't he, believe they almost stole one, though. They got really close to stealing a game, which is unbelievable. He went 10 for 16. In the second half, he went 10 for 16. For 146 yards. So if you extrapolate that out to an entire game, that's 20 completions for 292 yards. Which, even if you're giving him the benefit of the doubt, 
and saying, hey, okay, that was your entire game. Extrapolate that out. It's your entire game. That would have been like the 15th best performance in the history of <laughs> no. all the quarterbacks in the league. And you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, meanwhile, real quarterbacks, the ones that are actually successful in the NFL, are throwing for like 450, you know, 400, 430 yards. That, it's not 1984. You can't, you know, be given HJs out because he passed for 292 yards in a game, which he didn't. We're just giving him the benefit of the doubt and seeing how great he was for one half of that. Yeah. I can't, I can't do that. And when they really needed him the most on second and four, he overthrew an open Rudolph and missed him, which led to the, you know, everybody's arguing about how bad the play call was at third and four and handing off to Adrian Peterson and why didn't they throw well, they didn't throw because the play before they did throw, and Ponder didn't get the job done. They weren't ready to, to hand over the reins a second time in a row to a guy that just isn't getting it done. So Rudolph is such a small target, you guys. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, almost impossible to find he's that guy. He's like almost undefendable in the red zone, and he still overthrew him. It was a touch pass, and he overthrew him. So, ah, ah. I would say that we are not convinced is what we're saying here. So I want to I want to quick before we do an update on the possibilities of 2014 quarterback. I want to do a little uh, a little thing the power rankings for hashtag tank for Teddy because at this point my main worry with this Viking season is not that they're going to be bad because they're going to be bad. My great fear is that they're not going to be bad enough to draft a good mm-hmm. quarterback. And it gets reasonable. So. Obviously, these are reverse power rankings. Uh, number one in the power rankings is Jacksonville, which could end up being one of the worst teams in NFL history. I'm not entirely sure they're going to win a game. And Orlando TV station had to apologize to viewers this week because they were required by the NFL to make theoretical Jaguars <laughs> fans watch the Jaguars. They were required by common decency to do that, too. Let's, <laughs> let's People, okay, so let's go back to that story. So... In the Jacksonville area, people were upset that the Jacksonville game was being shown. Well, it wasn't in Jacksonville. Instead of the the Denver-New York Giants game, the Manning Bowl, people wanted to see the Peyton Manning-Eli Manning game. I believe that was the – and they had to apologize for actually showing the Jacksonville game in Jacksonville. Because it's all old New Yorkers that have moved down to Florida, right? Isn't that 100% of the the population down there? And people are not morons, even in Jacksonville. They don't want to watch the Jaguars. Well, Nobody wants to watch the Jaguars. Even Jacksonville people aren't that stupid. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes. All right. Number two in the Tank for Teddy Power rankings is Cleveland, which is also an awful, awful team, as everyone who has Trent Richardson on their fantasy football teams will know that they are a bad, bad football team. We're going to find out this weekend yep. just how bad they are. What if they beat the Vikings? I, I think we're all hoping for it because – Well, let's hope well, – I mean – Jacksonville is easily one of the worst teams, no matter what. And there is absolutely no way that they let Teddy get by them, right? No, they're, they're, they're the football are, Astros. No, they are yes. the football Astros. Astros. They are. And they are hurting at quarterback as badly as the Vikings are. So yes. Worse. Yeah. Gabbert is actually worse than Ponder. Unbelievable, <laughs> but that's true. So at some point, Minnesota has got to get by them. All right, uh, the rest of my power rankings. Number four, Tampa Bay, also a terrible team, also 0-2. Number five Wait, is... Wait, who was three? You said three, Jacksonville, then... Three is the Vikings. 
Jacksonville, Cleveland, oh, okay. then the Vikings, then Tampa Bay. Number five is Oakland, a very bad football team for whom Terrell Pryor is actually looking okay. So I put him down at number five because they okay. have the semi-bright spot of Terrell Pryor. Also receiving votes in this poll, Carolina. Sorry, no. about, sorry about the no. kitty cats. Those Stop are our it. kitty cats, Marthaler. You come they, on. They lost to Seattle, who absolutely destroyed San Francisco. Yeah, they lost to Seattle by what a touchdown. <laughs> they lost by five, and it was unlucky because they fumbled with like two minutes left. Yeah, when no, the kitty cats are not out of as... They win this game. We're not off the bandwagon. Just two games, John. We we're since birth. Brandon we got and claws, I have been bro. kitty cat fans. You can't you can't shake us. Down. It's, in, it's in our blood. What do you want me nope. to? What do you want me to turn my back on the cats? Yeah, we're my not, felines not are going to come up big. The other team yep. on the other team on that list is the Jets, also an awful football team. There's no way they're drafted. And then Geno Smith is decent. He just yep. got drafted. Exactly. I think maybe they're not quite bad enough to be in the tank for Teddy sweepstakes. And I think the Vikings just about are. But as Clarence pointed out, they have a big. The Vikings have a big stretch in the tank for Teddy sweepstakes coming up. In the next four weeks, they have a bye in the middle. But they have home games against Cleveland, 0-2, terrible, number two in the power rankings. Pittsburgh, who has nothing going for them whatsoever. And not a home game. That's not a home game, John. Pittsburgh's not a home game? It's in, it's London. in London, dummy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, and don't say that okay. Pittsburgh doesn't have anything going for them. I mean, they do have a rapist quarterback. Yes, they do have a rapist quarterback. Alleged, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't explicitly say no, probably. It's <laughs> a Robin Thicke song, you guys. Let's, uh, let's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's probably his mantra. And then the week after the Wembley game, they have Carolina at home. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I only wish you could see podcast viewers what is happening every time those sounds are coming through, coming through your headphones. Still have never been able to do it without the claw hand. Both Clarence and Brandon have the biggest smiles in the world on their face as they make kitty oh. cat noises and do the claw. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good at stuff. So the Vikings. In wait, order- wait, John. Yep. I'm sorry. We got to step back. Did you establish whether Cleveland would give up on Whedon this quickly if they were in the tank for Teddy sweepstakes ahead of the Vikings? Well, I. You mean I second year starting quarterback, forty year old Brandon Whedon? You mean yes. <laughs> Nine <laughs> interceptions so far this season, and he's yeah, probably he's out for done. Sunday. Actually, so what you're saying is oh, yes, really? they probably will move on. Yeah. And, they will, but the only thing that we have going for Cleveland is their defense is actually supposed to be pretty good. Yep. And Whedon can throw the ball. I mean, he's had a lot of turnovers, but he gets a lot of yards. He's like Andy Dalton sort of in that way. Um, so I think before the season started, they weren't supposed to be terrible. I think they were supposed to be about a 500 team. So you never know. They could get some lucky breaks, and we could be back in like the top three pick sort of area. Oh, we might be able catalyst. to leapfrog Cleveland. The they, we could be the catalyst that yeah. uh, changes their season around and takes them mm-hmm. out of the standings. That'd be great. Yeah. The yep. important one to watch, though, is Jacksonville. I think if the Vikings win one of these next three games against Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Carolina, I think you can pretty much take us out of the Teddy Bridgewater sweepstakes because there's a pretty good chance the Jaguars will lose every game they play this year. They have scored 11 points. 11 points in two football games. The Raiders. They, yeah, not looking good for them. They would listen to us complain about an offense that scores 16 points and give away seven with envy, with absolute envy. 
If they knew how to use the internet, yes. <laughs> Which they do. And, and could stay up till 9.30. Old so, people jokes. Take that, residents of Jacksonville. Yeah. You and your crabby no old holds barred. No holds barred here. All right. What's it like being wor- worse Houston? Good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're worse Houston. <laughs> worse Houston. Ugh. Gross. So, Indeed. Brandon, do you have an update on any of the 2014 quarterback possibilities for us? Um, I do. So we have four quarterbacks that we're watching. There was one dude last week that we talked about who was so shitty his first week that I'm taking him out, and I'm not even they're not even in consideration anymore. So our number one favorite this week uh, is obviously Teddy B, Tank for Teddy. Uh, 250 yards, touchdown, ho-hum week for him, number one pick by far. Uh, our second guy we want is Brett Hundley from UCLA. Blow for Brett, um, <laughs> I, which I would do. <laughs> <laughs> um, 300 yards against Nebraska, uh, three touchdowns, pretty good def- defense. Um, I think right now he's supposed to be like top 7 to 10 sort of pick. Um, so I do think that it, there's a definite possibility Brett Hundley could be the Vikings guy, which is great. Um, third choice, Taj Boyd. Bottom out for Boyd. Um, he had a bye, so that's not. There's nothing there. And our fourth choice is the Oregon guy, Marcus Mariota. I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. So that's a meltdown for Marcus. Is what we can call that one. He threw for like seventeen hundred yards against Tennessee last week, <laughs> um, and they beat him by like forty points. So that dude, um, I'm kind of worried that it might be a system guy just because Oregon is so dominant and they run so many damn plays. Um, But supposedly right now like a mid-first-rounder as well. So there are legitimately, besides Teddy Bridgewater, which I think it will be an absolute miracle if the Vikings get him, there are three other dudes who seem like they could be pretty solid answers. So um, I feel pretty confident that this is the last year of uh, the Ponder era, no matter what. So a couple things there. I... You know, I'm a noted uh, quarterback scout. Uh, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually your job, right? That's why you have to use a pseudonym, because we'd know. Well, people would know, and then I'd be giving away secrets for free. Don't do something for free that you get paid for. Um, yeah. Noted quarterback scout. I had the opportunity to watch both Bridgewater and Hundley play at the same time, sitting at the bar in uh, American Legion in Two Harbors, Minnesota. This weekend I sat and watched both quarterbacks. They played at the same time. Um, so I could compare them side by side. Watched a lot of tape. Um, Good. Broke while it down. Sitting there. Yeah, broke it down like Jaworski. Yep. And, uh, like Parker, really. Like Hageman does on somebody's swing. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> or Eastern uh, European porn. Um, just like Hageman. <laughs> you know, breaking it down frame by frame. Um, okay. Well, whatever. I mean, that's. I like that you're moving on and expanding your horizons. Um, Bridgewater did look head and shoulders above Hut, uh, Hutley. He just did. The UCLA guy. I was impressed by his athleticism, but Bridgewater, he look. He, so he he took the ball. From, you know, he's in the shotgun. Took the snap. Yeah, he, he looked the, off his. That's awesome. So he got the ball. Yep. Huh. Then he did like a, a like a three yard. Three-step drop, looked off his first target. He then looked off his second target. No. I haven't seen well, it. Wait, you lost me. You lost and then he like, just ran immediately, right? 
No, no. Threw it away. I, that's what I thought the rules were, that yeah. you had to then look panicked and uh, and dive head first. Um, <laughs> or fumble the ball off the uh, off the center's ass or throw it straight up in the air. <laughs> I but love those that. are your options. Or that or you know, a legal formation would be called. Um, jump up in the air and throw it. That's what you have to do at that point. One, two, three, jump up and throw it. That was my understanding. Okay. What he did next was he then targeted his third option. Third. Didn't, I didn't know this was allowable, but it, it, apparently it is. Um, he then threw a strike over two defenders, just a bullet, over a leaping linebacker and then the D-back and hit the guy in stride. So he threw over like, a so defender. Was that not- yeah. well, How many steps was his crow hop? <laughs> no, it so it was like I was like, well, was this a three yard out or something really short? No, it was like twelve yards. <laughs> so he threw it like how he did threw he a toll to the ball? What was the? Did you have to jump or dive at it while it was coming? No, no, I thought that was part of the rules too. Apparently, you can hit a guy in stride. <laughs> so the guy was, I know, the receiver was in was stride seven on seven. And I looked at everybody else in the bar, and they were all Minnesotans, and they're like, what the fuck? It was like <laughs> watching television in color for the first time. Everybody was like, holy shit, did Is you this see Canadian that? football that we're watching <laughs> what right now? What the fuck are we watching? This is a miracle. And the guy, the receiver, apparently they do this all the time, because the receiver caught it and, you know, got tackled and just hopped up and went back into the huddle and the fuck like it was just, you know, another day. The rest of us oh, were like, God. holy Christ <laughs> almighty. I mean, I don't believe so, a word you're saying here, but this is really a good yarn. You're really well, spinning the yarn. Yeah. I wouldn't believe it myself if I didn't see it. <laughs> so, um, he may revolutionize Vikings football. I, I, I really would like to see them just go out and get this guy because I, I thought he was impressive. How nice. well did he hand off to the running back? Because that's really crucial around here. All you have yeah. to... Was he able to hand it to him? Yeah, no, you know what? He he handed it off to him. Um, okay. There were no issues there. Uh, the ball didn't hit the hit the turf or anything. He just handed it off, and and the guy ran. Um, it wasn't the full basis of their offense. Like oh. the other guys on the team were looking around, like fuck. I hope this guy run this running back <laughs> runs at eighty yards because that's our only chance of winning. Nobody really looked that way. Um, um, you know, when a receiver did. Sometimes draft the ball, he didn't look like, what hell have I brought upon myself for having to play for the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> this horse shit quarterback. Nobody really looked that way. He's like, oh, you know, this happens. This is unusual. But, you know, and they went on to the next play. It was refreshing is what it was. Um, no suicidal receivers. So what I'm, what I'm learning here is, as good as Brett Hundley might be, Basically, the entire future of the Vikings franchise depends on them being bad enough to get Teddy Bridgewater. I, you know, the the UCLA guy might might be, you know is probably head and shoulders above what they got. I, I would love to have a top five quarterback in the league. Yeah. I think that would be fun. It would be. I don't know what the hell we do. Then AP would be eighty years old by that time, and then we'd have a shitty running game again. So. God doesn't give with both hands. There we are. Um, <laughs> it's a sine wave. Um, but so what do you do? So we're looking at Teddy Bridgewater equals Andrew Luck. Uh, Brett Hundley equals Andy Dalton. Yeah, I'm not ready to say Bridgewater's Andy Luck. I'm kind of obviously just you know 
yanking everybody's tit here, but he he just really did look really good. So I'm still prepared to blow somebody for Brett Hundley. <laughs> just so you know, this has not swayed me in the least. I saw the Craigslist ad. I'm aware. Yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm getting that message out. You know, I know marketing. Once you move to Texas, it's just something that you have to do, right? You're just like, I got to blow a football player, right? Yeah. <laughs> Left and right. They're I've all seen over. Friday Night Lights. I know how this works. I mean, I've had to wait in line. <laughs> when in Rome, fellas. When in Rome. All right. Um, I think Brandon wants somebody to give him some details on what's going on with Gophers head football coach Jerry Kill. Yeah, this is, um, I'm not able to pay attention to much of what's going on in Minnesota. So this is your guys' opportunity if you want to rehash things. Um, just catch me up. What the hell happened? I know that he had a another seizure um, during the game, right? And he got taken to the hospital and he's fine now. And then I think all hell broke loose somehow with the media. So what can you tell me the two sides and who's on both of them and and how both of them are wrong because I'm sure they're both wrong somehow. I'm just sort of curious on who's the least wrong of the two sides. Do you want me to oh god, I wanted I really wanted nothing to do with this at all. You you're sort <laughs> of our just... media watching person. You you sort of keep an eye on yeah, the Yeah, you're a watchdog. And, yep. Uh, okay. Uh Suhan wrote an article. Suhan, of sport is favorite, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Basically saying that he needs to resign and then, like, commit Harry Carey on the 50-yard line because <laughs> he brought dishonor upon his family. Hey, he's provocative, man. Whatnot, so, That's yeah. his only job in, that, in the world is to get people complaining. And then people, I think rightfully so, said, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And then, um, I think, like, Gopher fans were pretty upset about that. And then, uh, I think, I think, gosh, Barrero, Dubay, Zolgad all kind of got on their high horse about how you can't say... You can't, you can't tell people what to say and not say about Jerry Kill, and it just, uh, God, it just got so dumb. It was just, I, it, it was dumb. That there's just no, like extra it's dumb. So dumb. It, it was, a, it was super dumb. Literally, it, it take, take the arguments about the twins' payroll <laughs> and hit it upside the head with a hammer about twenty Oof. times, and that, and that's the level of discourse you got here. I'm going to be sick. Same kind of people. This guy actually went to the point of actually having the editor write an apology in it, and I didn't read that either, but a written apology for the Suhan deal. Yeah, Suhan posted his own apology, which was something Uh, along the lines of, you know how I made fun of the coach's disease? I made fun of a guy for having epilepsy? I didn't actually mean to make fun of him. I, I, I would never poke fun at a guy who has epilepsy. Except the, for the article that I read, in which I did mock him for having epilepsy. What if you guys had to apologize after every show for all the bad things? <laughs> which we should. Which, which we should. That's, a bad, that's a bad analogy. Just for we the should. record, I did apologize to many, many people on Saturday. I'm not apologizing for shit. <laughs> also, for the record, uh, I apologize for not, nothing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, 
I'm not apologizing for shit. Yeah. The man, whole issue I, was a panacea. It was a manna from heaven for sports journalists and columnists and radio personalities and the people that love to criticize those people. All sides got what they wanted. It was just fucking beautifully hand-delivered to them. They all could retreat into their bunkers and f- lob the grenades like us at the Metrodome. Lob just grenades at each other all day long on who's shitty and the precocious little media criticizers could, oh, stand on their fucking 40,000 feet above us all and I'm all so far above it. The media guys, because oh, I can say what I want, and Jesus Christ, it was just glorious. Just people hating each other. I love that stuff. Just people yelling at each other. Now, this, this might be better for Michael Rand to answer, but do you think, like, from the perspective of the Star Tribune, that is amazing for them? Like, way to go, Suhan. You've got all the attention on us. That's awesome. Or do you think deep down they were like, oh, yeah, that apology should probably be written? That's right. You know? I think Christian Ponder was was doing fucking backflips that this happened <laughs> and it took so much and Dave St. Peter and Dave St. Peter and Mark Dayton I think announced something today like you know he uh, I think let's cut be, let's or thing, something yeah. in half or I mean like nobody even noticed everybody <laughs> dumped all their shit stuff today because nobody was paying any attention and Suhan did yeah. go I was out of line and um I don't know. It just was really something to watch. Yeah, it, yeah. It was not the best day for uh, anybody at all. It was just <laughs> stupid. The one thing that I caught was oh. Barrero saying something about the PC police or some term uh, like that. Po- politically correct mob won't shout him down um, or some such thing. And I just that that was where I was like, you know, I. Yeah. There may be the minute, you, the minute I hear politically correct, I'm done. I quit. That's well. I think the minute that means your argument that. is invalid to me. Yeah, You've got you nothing. lost the argument. Like you lost everything yeah. when you had to start going there, right? Yeah. Well, 20 years ago, I think that maybe was a thing that was real, but now it's just you say politically correct, so you can say well, this may not be politically correct. Here's something racist. I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just completely lost the plot. There's no point in saying it, and. Yeah, that was that was I think the dumbest thing I heard all day on this whole thing was that. Yeah, he's so, usually yeah. fairly reasonable, right? No, he I like yeah. I mean, I like him. I just thought he was completely wrong in this case. Just lost his is, mind. Is it like thing? Is it like you think that where he went? Well, no offense, but Clarence, you're a pig fucker. But no offense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no offense. <laughs> oh, oh, don't take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that first thing. <laughs> um, well, that's too bad. So. The thing that I'm, like, disregarding all that sort of shit, is it not worrisome that the dude has had four seizures? I mean, that sounds like it's a pretty... Is that not a serious thing, or is it just something that he's always had at that at that frequency where it's not... I mean, I just for the dude's health, is he yeah. okay? Well, it's it's certainly worrisome in that he has epilepsy, and yeah. so on a personal level, obviously, people are going to be worried about him and want to make sure he's okay, but... That's not exactly what any of the Fuhrer was over, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. I, of course not. I, no, nobody wrote a column that was sort of like, boy, I hope he's okay. A lot of, <laughs> some, people, some people wrote columns that were like, boy, I hope he's okay, and here's why he shouldn't coach again. Okay, so some people want him to step down because 
he's missing games or some heartless bullshit like that? Their that point, can't be an well, their point is that you can't have a head coach that isn't there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. For the games. That's their uh-huh. point. Is that you okay. can't be a head football coach... And every year there's a game that you miss. So I guess, the, I know, didn't Rick Adelman miss games or something? But yes. that was... Yeah. His wife was know, sick, yeah. His wife was sick and everybody understood it. Um, would that be comparable then if his wife were like continuously sick and he said, you know what, guys? Every year I'm going to miss, like I did last year, what he missed, like 20 games, 25, 30, I don't know. Um, Every year I'm going to miss 20 games to be with my wife. Yeah. I don't know. I'm asking this question. That's basically what it, what they're saying is they're saying that would not be acceptable. If, right. It's too bad that you have this issue in your life, but if you are going to be a head coach of basketball or football or whatever, you can't be missing. That That's the most important part of your job. That's what they're saying, and I, yeah. I don't know. I don't have. I really don't. I really don't have a. Strong I think. I think it would be different if it was a coordinator, because a coordinator actually does the play calling. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean that's uh, that would be a different thing. But I mean, kills the head coach, and he's like, you know, well, do we go forward on fourth down? And you can delegate that. Uh-huh. And like Leslie Frazier does, you don't really need to do anything as a head coach when there's okay. important decisions. You could just stand there with your fucking arms folded and your thumb up your anus and uh, just <laughs> stand there staring off the distance thinking about, fuck, I don't know what he's thinking about. Uh, and, 85 bears, probably. And to be Super fair, Bowl shuffle. to be fair to kill his staff. not here to cause no trouble. I'm just here to do the Super Bowl. Oh, shit, Chris Cook is on on well, you. Chris Cook is waving yeah, his arms it. going, what the fuck are we doing out here? we got a player and Leslie Fraser. <laughs> Leslie. There. Like, I'm bobbing your head. Yeah. Your fucking earbuds out. <laughs> yeah. My name's Jim McMahon, and I'm here to say, what the fuck are you thinking about? He's waving his arms. Call time oh. out. Oh, boy. To be- well, maybe that's, I mean, I think, I guess at that point, then the part would be that's just poor timing to start talking about it immediately when we're not sure if the guy's healthy or not, right? Would that yeah, be the problem right. with that conversation? I think it's an he, was already, he was already at home by 7 o'clock that night. So, I mean, you know. It wasn't too bad. I think no. it, it made a difference that this offseason he came out and said, yes, I have epilepsy. Because the first couple of years he said he had a seizure disorder. They're working on it. He didn't want to say he had epilepsy because probably because he knew it would cause something like this. But I think people were a little less worried this time because they thought, okay, the guy has epilepsy. We know what happens now. There's some meaning behind that rather than sort of the scary unknown. 
Right. I think it was honestly helpful that they came that he came out and said that. Right. So, and you yeah. know, it's it's not like they don't have a plan in place to take over for him. The the offensive coordinator Matt Limegrover makes all those decisions about whether to go for on fourth down, and he's been Jerry Kill's coordinator since 1999. So I don't think there's too much of a drop off there, to be honest with you. Okay. I agree. So right now they've it's got fine. they've got a, they've got a system in place. Yeah. Well, here was. So yeah, I mean, I'm look, if it was happening every game, it would be different. It's happening. I was going to say we all have a line, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going beyond the uh, the actual uh, seizures, there was a lot of chatter on on the fan about actually his performance. And when you think about it, you know he's won what like a one Big Ten game on the road, sort of thing. And they were kind of giving a lot of. Um, his actual record isn't holding up very well. Has he actually improved? Has he actually improved the program? Is the next. It question. remains to be seen. It remains it's, to be seen. That's it. Uh, you can't make that yep. judgment. You can't. It's, yeah, I mean, he inherited garbage, and he's had two years and three games. So it's just yeah. Really... We might not know until the end of next year. To be honest, I mean, he just there was nothing here. I think you gotta when it's that when it was hitting rock bottom, you gotta give a guy yeah. at least three years to at least. We, three years we call that it's the Tim Brewster exception. I think is what it needs to be called. <laughs> yes. Usually, yes. people get like two or three years to see if they can coach, but I mean, he he probably gets four or five. Honestly, I mean, uh, yeah, they still yeah, have Zolman Murray on the real payroll. Disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Do you want to slander Joel Maturi while we have the name out here, there, Clarence? Oh, I have things rattling around in my head that I'm just going to keep to myself right now because they're yeah. just so. I was just going to I was just going to say Navy Yard and see what you said after that, and figured you know, <laughs> podcast. Let you take care of the rest of the lawsuit. Uh, podcast know, listeners, I'd like you to imagine what was so foul, so awful, so unspeakable that even Clarence wouldn't come out with it and just fill in the blanks yourself. You know, well, maybe I'll edit in a little break here so you can just get a little bit of that. I do I do actually have something I want to ask Clarence about, which is the start of the wild season. They played their first preseason game tonight. I know it's September 17th, and almost nobody's thinking about hockey. But we we probably won't have a chance to talk much about hockey before the actual season starts. So I got a couple or of topics. During the I, season. Yeah, I got a couple of topics I want to bring up while we're thinking of it now before the season actually starts and we have to deal with Brandon coming up with great ideas to fix hockey by nobody getting a stick anymore, or playing it on dry ground without skates, and then actually it's lacrosse and Brandon doesn't like hockey at all. So I actually do hate lacrosse more than hockey. That's just so you know. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess that's a comfort, Mister Five <laughs> on Three, every power player, whatever that idea was. Oh, five on three uh, innings, hockey innings, guys. Come on, don't. Don't disrespect that idea. That's fucking brilliant. All right. Here's my question for you, Clarence. (laughs) (laughs) Who are the Wild going to miss most out of the guys who have left? That's Matt Cullen, Cal Clutterbuck, Devin Setaguchi, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, and (laughs) horrible defenseman Tom Gilbert. Which one of those guys is going to be the most missed? (laughs) I didn't know. I I guess I didn't do any show prep. I have it in my head. Um, I figured you're such a wild expert, you wouldn't actually need to prep. I could just spring no, this I, on you. I'll ask Parker if you want. Parker, yeah, which no, one I of those guys uh, are they going to miss? Guys, I think I'm it's, 
right now. I uh, completely shut down. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, uh, well, John, I mean, I think you'd have to say it's Setaguchi. Uh, God, the guy was enigmatic and fucking off on a lot of talent. Just never put it together. Um, the guy can score. Everybody in the NHL wants scoring. It's like starting pitching in major leagues. You will put up with so much bullshit from a guy that has, from a starting pitcher that has potential because it's such a rare commodity. And Setaguchi can score. He's a natural scorer, but he was off and on. And what you always get are afraid of when you lose a guy like that is when he finds a new home, will he finally figure it out and make you pay for it? Especially a team like the Wild that needs scoring badly. So I'd probably say him. All right. Um, how many how many goals did he have last year though? Like eleven? I don't know. Not many. And that's my point. Is he had like he a Brodziak level of points last year? He never fulfilled his potential ever since he got here. So we're going to call him the Trevor Plouffe of the Wild. Uh, yeah, I think that's he's maybe. So like Ramball likes him. Yeah, Ramball <laughs> thinks he looks like the next Wayne Gretzky. Great form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, I also want your pick for the new center on the second line. They lost Matt Cullen, who had been the second line center. I think they're probably going to put Parisi and Koivu and Pominville on the first line, but that leaves Heatley and. Probably Jason Zucker, and then either Granlund or Michael Granlund or Charlie Coyle as a second line center. And I know you don't like the idea of putting Coyle at center for some reason. I don't. I like Coyle as just this big, rough body that scores goals, and and I like guys <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> Who giggled at big, rough body? Oh, I, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are so childish. I can't believe that. Okay. It's embarrassing. Big rough body. God. Firm. It's like to oil them up and, oh. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like the idea of moving Coil uh, to, to center. But I would like to see Heatley extradited. Well, um, yeah. Unfortunately, Healy took the ex- the expedient step of getting hurt, so they couldn't buy him out. God damn it! He he finds a way during the off season to completely fuck him, as yeah. if he wasn't butt fucking him enough during the season. He finds a way when the season's over to bf him even harder. The only good it's, thing is was, that he's on a contract year, so he knows he's got to actually do something oh, this year. That's what everybody says. If you actually thought he had a brain rattling around up in that, yeah, that's big an excellent point. You went to Wisconsin, so. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess Granlin, the hope has to be put Granlin on second-line center and hope he finally figures it out. Which um, Another guy. For our guest, Parker, Granlin is hockey Aaron Hicks. I thought that was the website that Bill Simmons uh, runs. You guys are, you got me confused all over. <laughs> com. yep. <laughs> That's it, yep. No, he, I think Hicks is a great comparison. He's a uh, phenom. Um, he did a lot more in the at a younger age than Hicks ever did, though. Hicks, not, it's not like Hicks totally lit up the minor leagues. Um, but he does have the tools in the way that Hicks does. And then they brought him up, and he just did absolutely nothing. It's very disappointing. Yeah, and that's Is this just in one year, or is this going to be a but, second year? Yeah. Let me ask you a question about the yeah. minor league hockey system. You know, going, going to the 40,000-foot view here. From what the hockey guys tell me, you know, when they try to compare it to baseball, baseball, you have to go through the minor leagues. So you get all the superstars going up. 
In hockey, you can make that jump, right? So is the minor league really a telling thing for a player in the minor league hockey system? It can be. Typically, if a guy scores goals at every level, he is going to score goals in the NHL. It's, um, it's the guys where if they have one odd year where they score a bunch of goals in the minors, those are the ones that you you kind of wonder about. Was it their line mates? Was it some other factor that they got kind of lucky and they may never be able to reproduce it? Think of it. Think of it this way, Parker. A lot of the top top prospects in baseball. <laughs> tend to be dominant at single A, dominant at double A, and then everyone talks about bringing them up. A lot of the times, it's not the guys who are at triple A who are on the number one, number two kind of spots on the prospect list. It's the guys in the low minors, the guys who are at the younger levels, which in hockey would equate to college or especially Canadian juniors who are playing through that. Whereas, you know, sort of in AAA in baseball, you've got a lot of guys who maybe are veterans, maybe are journeymen, you're Antoine Richardson sorts, that are hitting 365 at AAA, but everybody's not entirely sure they're going to be the guy. Now, that's not a perfect comparison, because a lot of guys play in the AHL and do well and then go on to be great NHLers, but you're looking more for those top, top guys. You're looking more at the Canadian juniors or college or the European leagues for guys who are 18, 19 there, like Granlund was playing in Finland. When I look at Canadian juniors, they say, oh, you can't transport them across state lines. They're only 15. <laughs> <laughs> Gee. Bull crap. Uh, those are provincial lines in Canada, Stu. <laughs> Whatever. You got the gist. <laughs> yeah, I fucked up the joke, okay? Come on. It's okay. It's okay. I giggled. All right. One more thing about the Wild that I want to talk about. Are you buying the Matt Cook Rehab? The Matt, the Matt Cook Rehab Tour that's going on Am right I? now. Yes, are you, Claire? No. Do you know how many people in my life have said, oh, I'm, I'm totally better, I'm, I'm rehabbed, I got, I'll, I'll change, I'll never do that to you again, Clarence. <laughs> you know how many people have said that, and then they go right back into the way that they treated me before my entire life, so no. And short answers. Yeah, he's, he's, I'll stop taking your train set away. I'll give you your train set back. <laughs> nope. Yep. Yeah. Still yeah. sad about it. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people missed it listening to this podcast because they shut off as soon as we were done talking to the Grand Dunk Railroad, talking about the Grand Dunk Railroad. But uh, Mike Rousseau wrote a article in the Star Tribune about how Matt Cook has changed and he hasn't had that many penalty minutes the last two years, and he's a nope. Family he man shouldn't and, uh, coach the Gophers because yeah. he's got an epilepsy. And... <laughs> they have to write an apology for him after that article. No, they didn't, but they should have. <laughs> As I, I think it was my brother said on Twitter. You know, when Mike Russo talks, you can hardly even see Chuck Fletcher's mouth moving. That was awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh, no, he's a homer. Uh, is that what we're saying? Well, like, we're saying always, he's, no, he's really not. Russo's an awesome. Beat yeah, Russo is the oh, best, yeah, but he is absolutely parroting the wild company line about how. Matt Cook is a changed guy, and, you know, I, I'm just not going to buy it, and I don't care if he gets no penalties the entire season and scores 40 goals. He's just going to kill us sometime. It's like having Brett Favre play quarterback for the Vikings. We're going to always get what wait we for to drop. We're going to get what we deserve for this. Mark my words. It's hard to compare it to another sport. I don't really know who's a cheap player in baseball. I know who's an unlike player, and it would be like A-Rod. You know, like if the Twins signed A-Rod, and the first article out of uh, some Twins beat out of Lavelle was, look how much A-Rod's changed this offseason. Everybody would be like, 
Okay. The Clint Wayans. Okay, yeah. He's changed in one off season the way that he's had you know, for seven okay. years in the NHL. Right. Yeah. Uh, everybody would like, be like bullshit. So, well, you can't expect uh, these beat writers to say something negative about the team they cover, and then they have to go like see them again in the future. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's unreasonable. Uh, uh, I'm trying to bite my tongue. Your heart rate. <laughs> yeah, um... Just trolling. I'm trolling my friend. No, I just think a lot of, I don't know, how many people just quit cold turkey, the thing, the way that they are. Man, that's hard to do. You're, you're, so was be, he, how many, uh, was he a fighter or was he a cheap shot artist? Cheap, cheap shot artist. How many uh, cheap shots did he have? Like a ton? Oh, 20? of them. Like, it, you, you could watch, like, yeah, 25 in a row. You could yeah. Google that. Matt Cook uh, cheap shots. Fantastic! I mean, oh, when what you a have like prick. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he did it when he was seven, right? No, was, when no. you have like a slideshow, a you know, Bleacher Report slideshow of your top thirty cheap shots, you know that you're pretty much just an asshole. It's not oh, I could change. No, you know what you are is you're just an asshole. It's just their yeah. life's full of them. They're everywhere. You're one of them. You're not going to change. I just don't yeah. want you on my team. I am on a team. You are who you are. Yeah. I, just embrace it. Though. Be an asshole. I just don't want you on the wild. That's it. Right. Yes. All right. So, I, what was the um, Wilds? Uh, what What was their? What seed were they last year? They made the playoffs, right? Yep. They were number eight. Okay. So the last. What do you think this year? Did they get better, or are they just going to be fighting for the eight seed again? Ask me if ask me after they played about ten games, and we'll see if they've scored more than one goal in any of those games, and then I'll tell you. <laughs> yep. Okay, so offense is going to be the problem. Yes, but wasn't the expectations very high last year, even with the short the shortened strike and season? Yeah, a, yes. lot, a lot of people got their hopes far far up because of the wild signing Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter to enormous contracts. Would that be like the Twins signing, you know, one one top flight pitcher, and then you go, oh yeah, this is it, we're good. Well, who are the who are the two top three agents on the market this off season? Uh, oh, Jesus, Cranky and Tony Skateman and Carl Gold. Gold? Yeah, Carl Goldbergs. Goldberg from Belgium. Yeah, he plays for Madison. <laughs> so it would Madison, be like Ohio. it would be like the Twins signing the two top free agents and then saying, "Yeah, we're good." Don't worry about the other 23 guys on our team who were terrible. We're going to ignore that entirely, and let's just talk about how we signed the top two free agents. Well, and the hope was that Granlin would step up and, and do more than he did, and a lot of things just didn't didn't work out. I mean, I think that I remember reading an article. I thought it was Russo, but it could have been somebody else. It was like, this team is a legitimate, like, three or four seed. Yeah. Oh, they were. And they played at it, like, for you know, we talked about it, I think, at one of the earliest podcasts. At the time, they were one of the five best teams in NHL. They had it in them. It's just things just fell apart. And then they realized that they play in Minnesota. Yes, and their job is to break my heart. All the Wisconsin spies stepped up and got in there, and yeah. yeah. Suter. There are a lot of Wisconsin spies on this team. Suter! (laughs) Not Suter! Uh, Heatley. Jake Gowell. Oh. So, how, uh, so what what part of the season are they going to cancel this year? 
<laughs> Funny stuff, Stu. I know. Dude, they're not going to make him play the whole season. I noticed right? you didn't say inaccurate, Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed you didn't say that is infactual. I did <laughs> Yeah, they'll at least give him a nice break in the middle there, right? God damn, yeah. you guys. Well, the Olympics are this year, so in a way, yeah, you're right. Oh, they great. Yeah. Yep. They'll have an Olympics thing. They'll forget to like pay the rent on half of the buildings, and then they got to... Oh, here we <laughs> go. You got teams. Your your buddies, your boyfriends are moving to Oklahoma fucking city, <laughs> and I'm going to have to sit here and put up with this baloney. That's what I. That's what this has come to. That's fine. I got thick skin. I can take it. All right. moved from Seattle, Washington, to Oklahoma effing city. You ever been to Oklahoma City? Holy shit, what a shithole. That's where they moved, the NBA moved the team, Oklahoma City. All right, before, before, we lose, before we lose track of Parker here, I want to talk a little bit about the Twins, and specifically how Parker, whose analytics are second to none, can possibly get the energy to write anything more about this 2013 <laughs> Twins team. Holy Christ, I'm just staring at a computer trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to write tonight, too. What's a positive slant? The only thing that we can think of these days is to do the, well, this offseason, you've got an option of, like, eight free agents that they're not going to sign, and here they are. <laughs> parenthesis, not going to sign, unparenthesis. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're a real ball, hashtag ball guy, there's stuff. Josmil Pinto is a... Pinto is a... Yeah, Josmil. Pinto is a pretty good uh, ball player to watch right now. I like uh, watching him and debating whether or not he's over Joe Maurer's family. <laughs> is he the only bright thing, bright side to watch in this last three weeks or two have weeks? Clarence, have you watched any of it? I, I have been drunk for four straight <laughs> days. I haven't watched them in, since then. I mean, you're not watching much of the future. You know, it's not like they're bringing up, like, Alex Meyer or, uh, or yeah, Trevor May yep. and any of that. So there's nothing really That's to point. look there and go, okay, all right, in a couple of years, we're seeing the future. You're not yep. seeing it. There's not much to watch here. I mean, Colabello could be gone next year, you know, this offseason. Um, there's really nothing to sit there and go, all right, so this is what we're watching for next year. This is just a dead doldrum team right now. Can they be competitive in 2014? Is it possible? No. How about that? Okay, that's fair. I, I do I, think that's fair. I, I'm saying that, you know, there's no way that they're going to build competitively try to build a team. You know, I mean, it's like one of the things where they may trade for a pitcher. Um, you know, kind of another advanced Worley type thing where they try to get a young guy in. They're not going to go out and sign one, and that's their biggest need. They're going to wait for the guys that they have to develop and then use them. Here's the thing, though. If the Twins sign the three best pitchers on the free agent market for $36 million a year, whatever that's going to cost, their starting rotation would still be mediocre. They would have to, do, they would have to spend all that money just to get up to near average because there are no, no great free agent starting pitchers on the market as, as far as I know. And they have 15 number six starters. Yeah. Well, I, I, would love, I would love to see, like, Tim Lincecum. You know, them sign Tim Lincecum to a couple mm-hmm. years. Which you know, they won't do. Well, I don't think he would do. It's not It's not so, you know, we do say the Twins won't do this. or what, But if you're a free agent pitcher and you're getting a couple-year deal, do you go play for the Twins that are right now a 90-loss team? You know, it's like, why would you commit to that at this point in time? So you've and got to. Tim, yeah, and you're Tim Lincecum. And you all you do is like to surf. So and you're going to sign for the team that's as far from an ocean as you can our, get. Our, 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 pretty stringent right now, you guys. Mm-hmm. So 
think that's not going to get Tim here. That's Maybe step three. one. Yeah. Let's let's get down to the Capitol, work on that so we can get Timmy here. <laughs> At least and one. And the whole state tax thing for rich people. Let them have no taxes like Texas. Yeah. Or Florida. They get a bunch of people just because of that. Yep. I like that. Yeah, okay. But also, <laughs> back to baseball. But, you, you know, you look at the team, and uh, it, it was offensively inept, too. I mean, you know, you, if you get Maurer back, yep. you're fine. But, you know, Willingham's aging by the minute, and uh, most of these young guys aren't coming through yet. I mean, they could develop. You could see Arcia be pretty develop, uh, be pretty good, but they've got a lot of holes. So I, I can't see them fixing it in one offseason. <laughs> so what is your philosophically, what do you what, what do you do then as a – as a GM, are you on team fully rebuild like the Astros, or let's get some guys to at least make it a fun summer as we're waiting for somebody else? Because I do feel like some of our troll trollier uh, Twitter friends have a discussion about this like once every week um, about the long view and being reasonable, and, and there's usually some sort of weird small business owner comment <laughs> thrown in. Um, <laughs> and it happens fucking constantly over and over and over. Um, but I do think that that's the two uh, philosophies. Like, do you just straight up rebuild, or you know, try to stay somewhat competitive? What what, what would you do? Well, I was, I was talking with one of the uh, Twins front office members uh, earlier this summer, and you know, we talked about that whole philosophical thing. You know, you look at a team like the Rays, which just seem to be doing it so well and and rebuilding and turning over, and then getting young guys and trading and doing all that over again. And their point was that you know the Twins now have more money to deal with. And so instead of thinking like that mindset and trying to get to that rebuild as quickly as possible, they go out and they get a three-year deal on Willingham, you know, and even though he's aging to the point where by the end of it he won't be that good. Or spend two years with Correa, and they don't trade away guys at the trade deadline because it's the right thing to do towards the rebuild. It's just hang them on and try to get the tickets and the new stadium and the people in there. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think – I, if, I, if I were running the team, I'd want to go all in on the rebuild. Let's you know get, get rid of everybody at the deadline that had any expiring free agent contracts and move them for what you can. But uh, I don't see them doing that. You might see them get a couple of mid-level guys just to placate the fans at this point. So they, that's what they did last year, right? So they're just really bad at that. Is that the is that what's been happening? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, the guys that they would have targeted, you know, or you'd want them to target, like. Francisco Lariano. They had already dealt with him. They weren't going to go get that guy, right? And when you no. look at the pitchers they did get, they actually did what they wanted them to do, more or less. You know, I mean, Pelfrey and Correa just pitched the entire season and, and didn't get hurt and, yeah, whoopty shit type thing. But uh, that's kind of what they wanted to do was, you know, so you didn't have to go down to double A and pull up pull up some guy that you just signed two weeks ago from some other organization. So Oh, Pedro Hernandez. That's who you're talking about right now. Pedro Hernandez, yeah. But uh, they're just trying to bridge it to the next window that they have, which you know is obviously Sano and Buxanera, and that's to late two season. people. That's two guys. That's two guys. Well, that's also well. You also get the Meyer, the Maze, uh, Gibson, and then they got you know Jail Barrios there. That'll come up in you know this is like two three years type thing. So you're looking 2015, 2016, and when you have that, it's a, it's a more stable long term. Uh, window rather than just, you know, you're going all in for the year with, you know, five free agents you signed. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yeah, all those guys are going to be a combination, right? What's that? 
Well, some of them will suck, obviously. I mean, you never go six for six with your best prospects, right? Yeah, but I'm predicting so they go over six. Yeah, it's possible. Um, Park, I don't know why you feel the need to cheapen it, John. I'm doing my best to cheapen it. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I'm just saying, like, that. even that, the most optimistic, all six of these guys are going to be amazing, that's still only getting us, like, a third of the way there. I'm just having a hard time... Yeah, giving they, any credit to the front office. Yeah, they haven't done much in the last few years that you can say that was a great move. But right, I mean, I, look, if they get a few parts that are, you know, uh, let's just say high-end caliber players, you know, it, that could be cornerstones, then you can infill at that point in time. And I think, you know, they can do that better than they could, you know, in quicker than developing an entire team over again like they haven't done so far. Right. Parker, who in this uh, on the team right now that will be under contract next year is the biggest trading chip that you could see being moved this offseason? Uh, obviously, it's not Maurer, even though he, he may be the biggest trading chip. They're not going to move him. He's got no trade clause. Uh, is it Willingham? Perkins. What, well, Willingham? Or is it Perkins? Perkins would be the guy that would have the most value, obviously. I mean, he's he's got the most team-friendly type contract, and he's got the performance track record that people want. I, the Twins aren't that kind of a team that would move him, though. Even though he's a closer and on a on a, a bad team, you don't really need a closer. I mean, what's the point of having having a closer close out for a Honestly, if you think they were offered, uh, sorry, Glenn, sorry for the free beer. <laughs> if they were, if the Twins were offered a top starting pitching prospect, you know, a top, I don't know, let's say fifty, Baseball America pitching prospect. Um, they they'd probably ask for more to, along with that. They wouldn't make that move. The Twins wouldn't make that move. No, but also I you know one thing that we discussed at Twins Daily. Nick Nelson wrote an article about our our trading chips that we had, and he had recommended Eddie Rosario as like you know he's kind of the second base. Now that we've got Brian Dozier, you mm-hmm. know who's had a great season. I mean Brian Dozier might actually be the trading chip too. I mean he's had a, a very good year at second and. And he might be able to bring something where you get Eddie Rosario up and play second again. But, um, you know, that's kind of where they have the depth. They have some outfield depth, too, you know. I mean, that's that's another area. you got, well, you got a lot of corner outfielder types. you got a, you know, Ryan Doman could be moved, you know. For be moved what? What? <laughs> Who's going to look at Ryan Doman and be like, we well, got to get that guy in here. He had 220 this year, and he can't him. catch anymore. The fungo bats have been worn down, so I think we could use a few more new fungo sure, bats. yeah. <laughs> Pine tar? Catcher. Catchers, get, catchers get you some money. I mean, look, at Drew Butera actually brought back a reasonable uh, minor league pitcher. Right. As, compared to what we all thought we should bring, you know, we should get Yeah, back. that's true. And and we're just assuming that other teams don't know that Ryan Doman is the worst defensive catcher in the league? He's a switch-hitting backup catcher, and he's better than uh, he's better than Drew Butera, and his plan is, is well taken. He, Butera right. got a reasonable prospect, so... Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just saying these are the kind of things they move. I don't know if I see them moving that or even trading from their minor league system. I think they're more in that waiting pattern. I think the hit, the Dozier point is, is, a, is a good one. That's the type of trade they do make. That Like Span and Revere were traded this offseason for starting pitching mm-hmm. because they felt that Hicks was ready to step up. So if they think Rosario can make that leap from double-A to the majors – even though they were wrong about Hicks, they may say, you know, Rosario's his own guy. He, he may be able to handle it. That is right. a move they could make. 
But the process was right. Whether whether Hicks pans out or not, the process made a ton of sense, right? Guys coming into his own, they're not going to be uh, competitive this year anyway. We're going to maximize their value. Those are actual things that the Twins don't do very often, which is why at least I personally was blown away that they got some value uh, for both those guys. So, yeah, I'd love to see them do the same thing with Dozier. Again, I'm not holding my breath, but um, they got to get value somehow, and just waiting is not the way to do it. And I thought and they that, um, they, yeah. Well, the one thing that that bothered me um, about uh, the Terry Ryan thing was he admitted, unless I saw the quote wrong, but he admitted in this tra- trading deadline that he didn't start picking up the the phone until within 24 hours of the deadline. So they were just waiting to field to see what sort of um, offers they might get into them. And for me, it's like you got to be the aggressor here, right? I mean, you got to go and make something happen. You can't just hope that somebody comes to you and says, "My God." Korea, give him, you know, like it's <laughs> yeah. not going to happen, bro. So that he really showed his hand there in a way that, again, I feel like complaining about the Twins front office gets me to be on the Rube um, anger side, and I'm just sort of, I'm not that. I don't really give a shit, but I do think that um, they have done a terrible job so far. So hopefully they turn it around, but I don't know. How do you turn around it, you know? What are, what are you learning between age 64 and 65 that you didn't know before? <laughs> All right, Parker, I, I, I want to ask you, because you sort of alluded to this before, what would you do if you were in charge? You're our baseball expert right now, I think. Yeah, sport of GM, this is our new thing. Yep. What would well, you do? I, I can't give away this info for free because we're going to write up the GM uh, handbook here this uh, this off season, so you're going to have so to. So savvy. Parker's so shrewd. We're at I mean, that's a GM right there. We've been no, going for us, 80 minutes. Nobody's listening anyway. Just tell us. Give us a preview, just a tip. Parker. Yeah, I mean, just a tip. I'd like to see Tim Linscombe. He's a strikeout pitcher, right? He's fairly young and fairly durable. So he's kind of the guy that if you're going to go somewhere, and he's not—he's probably in the top four free agents, but he's not the top. So right. he might be something that you you invest a few years in. But overall, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, there, there's nothing on that market that you go. You know, you get one, two, or three. It's going to make you a great team this year. Or the holding pattern for me. So what you're saying is to not get my hopes up and everything's going to suck again next year. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. give me a Twins number of win predictions for next year. Oh, I'm going to go with 76. That's, Whoa. That's Whoa. Holy yeah. shit. I, I'm I optimist. Think, well, You've got like an Arcia that's going to get an entire, you know, he's got his season here and now he's up. I mean, maybe Hicks ends up being a little bit better after the time here, like Dozier did last year. The one thing that you look at about Hicks, you know, he had his terrible year, kind of like Dozier did last year. Yeah. Dozier called up in September, and maybe Hicks kind of has that same thing where he has a, well, I'm going to, I got to, you know, battle my tail off this winter. I've got to really grind it out. I got to grit it up and all the other guardy quotes and, and, that you need dirty. Training and, yeah. I mean, he could be a he could be a catalyst on the team too. If you get a guy like him, switch hitter, and gets on base, he would be great. Well, I like your optimism. I don't know if I necessarily, and it is a little sad that I'm talking about a 76 win team as optimism, but <laughs> surprising optimism. Blew the rest surprising of us away. Optimism. Parker, what I'm hearing from you the start the opening lineup. There'll be some free agents scattered in there. There always are, but the opening lineup as far as in the field. Um, 
I'll just kind of go around and you tell me yes or no. Mauer catching? Would you keep Mauer catching next well, year? You know, concussion provided that he's okay. Yeah, I'd, okay. I'd for half you know half the season. Third base, Sano or somebody else? I think you're having somebody else to start it. Sano is going to. Why would you put him in there and waste his? You know, I know you've gone over this a lot, but why would you waste his years in a bad team? That's fair. I, I think that's the, the reasonable argument against it. Um, so why would you the other that? reasonable argument would be because they have plenty of money. No, yeah. So they don't have to think like that anymore. They don't have to. They will, though, right? That's like a hard habit to break, but... No, no, because they did that with Hicks. I mean, it's not it's not a guarantee. Right. I'm just saying from a perspective of if you're trying to be like a money ball team and try to keep everything as tight as possible to allocate money somewhere else, that'd be the route you'd go. Right. All right, so who do you have starting there, Ploof then, or a free agent? I got, I'm got. i thinking Ploof's kind of a uh, transitional first baseman type guy. I'd like to see him move to be in a less demanding position. I think the Twins have seen his glove way too much at third, and they've decided that he's not going to be there at the end of the year. Could be a free agent, could be somebody else kind of as an infield type guy. So we're thinking Ed Escobar, Doug Bernier. Dave Hollins, Tony Batista. Is Mike Lamb available? Mike Lamb. <laughs> Okay, John's friend. General uh, area here, you guys. Hmm? Hmm? All right. Is Pete Florman their starting shortstop next year? Has he earned it? I think he will be. His glove has earned it. They don't have anybody else to push him. I don't see him going out to buy a, a shortstop. He's amazing defensively. Is that right? He's a whiz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard. Yep. Um, Dozier's obviously your, your starting second base, and he's earned that. Uh, unless he gets traded. Yeah, and, and, and Rosario steps in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying move Ploof to, to first base, even though he only hits, what, 210 or whatever? And I, I would love to normally uh, platoon. Guardy does not do that a whole lot anymore, but that would maximize both value of Ploof hitting against left-handed pitching and probably hitting against right-handed pitching. Yeah, there's no chance that happens. Guardy hates that. Oh, he yeah. hates platoon. He hates the movie platoon. He hates using <laughs> platoons. He hates it all. Yeah. He, hates he hates spittoons because he mishears the word. <laughs> yeah, he hates spittoons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he hates yeah, baboons, all of them, anything that rhymes with it. Yeah. Uh, Arcia, so they outfield in Arcia Hicks and, like, who? I don't know. I could see them going with Presley to start center field. You know, he's just. Oh, oh God. Just so Alex. Boxing, you know. Yeah, Alex Presley, Eric Macaroni. Cleet Thomas, uh, Wilkin Ramirez. No, look. Murderers row. You got Mastroianni is kind of like the fourth outfielder type. Uh, All of those guys are like the fourth outfielder type. We got a lot of fifth. We got a lot of fifth starters and a lot of fourth outfielders. Yeah, it's a it's a problem. You got to package those starters up, all of them, and then ship them for a number one. Somebody would want that, right? That's yeah. My um, most That's of my family a- trying to <laughs> give trade ideas to me. <laughs> <laughs> so part of the starting rotation, starting rotation next year. Um, what Korea's on us? You've got another year in his contract, so he'll obviously be back. But uh, what do you got? Who deserves to be back? That's pitched this year. If you're just going with the guys out of there, it's Correa, Gibson, Deduno. They really like Dive, and they want him to come back. And uh, I, I think they. I mean, they and a get, free agent. Yeah. They get one or two free agents, I mean, at least. Either through trade or free So, uh, uh, I'm confused. What the hell happened to Vin- Vance Worley? 
he he got a, a problem where he was just terrible, and uh, <laughs> that's a done forever. That's a legitimate problem. Yeah, problem. And uh, you know, I mean, look, they, they basically Is he got, under contract. They got a Nick. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a Nick Blackburn type of pitcher with a little bit better, you know, a little bit better stuff, but. Again, I, I don't know if it's their mentality of they just like sinker ball pitchers and they try to go after these guys. And, and this Do is you what think they... he'll be a 200-game winner like Andrew Albers? <laughs> <laughs> Old Andy Albers. Oh, yeah, where do you have him? Oh, he's atop the rotation, right? So we're talking about two through five here. Yeah. Start working on that same. I'm not talking, not talking about Cy Albers. <laughs> God, Andy, he has pitched some gems down the stretch, fellas. He's kept them into some games. 79 wins to go, I think. He might not even have one win. That's great. All I'm saying um, is re-up your season tickets now, fellas, okay? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not convincing me that we're anything above a 46-game win next year, much less 76. You guys, and you guys have gotten more visibly depressed as we've been talking about the Twins. Like, your slouch oh, John, John kind of got a noose that he's tying right now. It's yep. <laughs> just sort of swinging. That's just here from him. last week. Uh, all right, Parker. One last prediction is uh, is Cardi the manager on opening day next year? I really think it's fifty fifty. I think it's up to him. I really do. The Twins won't fire him. I don't see them doing that. But I, I see them having the conversation of, "Do you still want to do this? This is where we're at." And he could say. No, I'm good. I'm I good. think I think Gardy wants to follow sort of the same route as Tom Kelly, which is to stick it out through the terrible and get them back to respectable and get them moving in the right direction before he quits. Because that's yeah. what, I mean, Kelly quit at sort of an inopportune time in that the Twins had just had a sort of hope-inducing 2001 season. They won 85 games. They were sort of back on track, and he said, all right. He, he seemed to be like, all right, I, I got them this far. I got them back the right direction. I'm just going to leave him to the next guy. I feel like Gardy's going to do the same thing. Well, I don't know if TK went year to year. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. can't see Twin signing Gardy for a multi-year deal. And I don't know if he'd come back for, like, hey, have another year before the kids are up. Yeah. Does it matter either way? I don't think. I mean, who are you really going to plug in there and, you know, somebody's going to turn that, you know, that group around. It's not. No manager in history has been able to do that. You're not going to get Connie Mack out there to do that. I mean, it's just... Oh, that would be awesome, though. Top of trying to suit and tie? Brain! <laughs> Brain! The reanimated oh. zombie corpse of Connie Mack. Oh, uh, you might uh, get Connie Mack, who's a yeah, housewife in... You know, that's a double switch, or you just want brains? <laughs> no, it's a double switch, I think. <laughs> when Scott Alger descends everyone to their death. Oh, <laughs> uh, windmill. Uh, my question yep. is, is Terry Ryan capable of fielding a team that can do some damage in the playoffs? It's not just Terry Ryan. I, I think he gets a lot of a lot of a lot of blame and a lot of credit for stuff he does. I mean So Terry Ryan, the Polads, and Garden Hire, the Trifecta, are those the three headed monster able to get them? There, the same guys that were there for the good years are the same guys that are running their ship now. Um, they might not be in the same, because like I was saying before, they might not be in the same mentality as they were in the Metrodome years when they had to do things. That might not be the team to be able to do that. So, you know, with the, the new payroll and, and how to handle it that way. And just being a skeptic, what happens if there was actually another 
good team in the Central in those mid two thousand years, it may have been a little different rem- memory of of how good they actually were, right? Yes, this is, this is. I love this argument. What if they were in the AL East? Yeah, oh, that wouldn't be as good. <laughs> we wouldn't have all those playoffs. No, I mean, I had a blast. I'm just, I'm having a hard time seeing in this day and age of analytics and data and becoming like a requirement for them to not really care about it that much. Are they ever going to learn to care about it and have that be a thing? Or are they just going to somehow get by with, I mean, they have a lot of draft picks coming up. If they hit on all of those, maybe fill it through. I mean, is that is that the, the light at the end of the tunnel here? Just hoping yeah. that those guys come through, I guess? It, it is. That's how you, yeah. I mean, Look at teams like uh, a Pittsburgh that turn things around. Even even Texas, you know, it's mostly because of their homegrown stuff that they infilled afterwards. Um, you know, whereas Texas has a billion dollar TV deal, the Twins don't have that, right? Right. So that kind of, I mean, that handcuffs them a little bit in terms of how they can handle the free agent market. But that's how teams get better long term is that they they get better at drafting and developing, and they haven't been good, you know, yeah. recently. So that's what they're trying to refocus on. Adam Johnson, BJ Garby. Ryan Mills. Oh, they're, all, they're all the future. Just wait. Just wait. Oh. <laughs> well, I feel like two-thirds of the Rangers roster came from the Mark Teixeira trade. <laughs> that, was, that was an amazing trade for them. Unbelievable. Yeah. That is true. Elvis Andrews, uh, yeah, I mean, they've gotten a lot of guys out of that deal. That that was, a, that was a nice uh, nice milk for them. Do the mm-hmm. Twins still have Howard Norsetter in their scouting department? No. What was the deal with him? Did he... All I know is that he was the guy who thought that Siyoshi Nishioka was going to be the next great thing at shortstop. Which is well, he the guy? Yeah, we I got know. a name. There's, there's another guy. There's another guy. Nope. I'm fully Howard. willing to blame it on Howard Norsetter, and I fully support NASA pu- packing him into a one-way space capsule and firing him off at Mars. <laughs> Who's the other guy? Howard Norsetter is a made-up name. Right? That's like a more of an area guy who was the guy who found him, and even that guy told Seth Stowe's in an email that they all kind of looked at Nishioka, even in Japan, and went, meh, you know, eh, he could probably do something, right? Nobody saw him and went, yeah, he's going to be the guy. So who was the one that finally decided to bring him over? Bill Smith? Hardy wanted to. And that was part of the reason that J.J. Hardy was... That, you know, fed out of the system. That's and, what they said. He wanted speed and a guy that would play every day, and Hardy kept coming up with goofy injuries. Yeah, yeah. stressful to put a. Okay, same well with Lagoons. I don't want to keep putting compl- different guys in the lineups. Yeah. You guys are complaining about Nishioka, but with that surplus money from the cigarette tax, <laughs> <laughs> that's paying for a lot of shit, guys. <laughs> so thought, you know, so paying for all the maybe heaters. Maybe just look at the silver lining of the Michioka cloud, okay? A lot of kids got textbooks this year. So I'm interested more in this Nishioka story. So the, the twin scouts looked at him and were like, oh, he's, he's fine, he's not great. But then yeah. somebody must have said, well, you know what, let's take a chance on him. He's yeah. fast. Yeah, he was quick. He hit 380 in Japan. He's going to be the guy. Big deal. Right. No, Again, I, I think they just didn't think that he was going to collapse as hard as he did. And even when he showed up in the spring training, I think even the coaching staff went, oh, he's not a shortstop. So I, I don't think there was a consensus. And the, the organization knew that they screwed up. So this is their penance. 
their penance is to be made fun of on a terrible podcast that nobody's listening to anymore. <laughs> For years. For Truth years to power. After it all That's happened. what this podcast is about. Truth to power. Still talking about it. Just stewing. <laughs> well, let's bring that full circle. Uh, who has a better chance of still being on the scene in uh, at this time next year? Will Chris, Christian Ponder or this podcast? Christian Ponder, uh, absolutely. I'm surprised when this podcast goes to a next week. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're not we're not renting the board. We have the board. <laughs> yeah, what's going right. to stop us? Yeah, well, eventually. you think I'm going to be done ranting by then? <laughs> I guarantee all these teams still fucking suck. <laughs> How am I going to get this out of my system? I have no friends. Not down here. Eventually, we'll have a guest that sues us because of something Clarence said. <laughs> I've got this all recorded, you guys. So. We probably don't, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. You mind, you mind sending me that recording, Parker, just so I can get it up on the internet? I guarantee I'll still be ranting into my computer somehow, whether it's called the sportive for legal reasons anymore, whether I'm allowed to associate with Clarence. All that is very much up in the air. Yeah. What was the new name that you guys uh, recommended here via email? Ken Potty Moss of the Sports Fest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoosh, whoosh. Wow, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sports fist. <laughs> Sports fist. Right up at you. 10 40 All up in you. Party chicken. Look my wife up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is that not the name of this podcast? I didn't think of it until yesterday. That's why. <laughs> that's a rebrand. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we're, we're due for a rebrand. Wait, who's the Sports Fist? Is that you? Is that all of us collectively? Or oh, we're the four fingers of the Sports Fist, and the guest is the thumb. Got it. The guest is Ken Pottymouth. No, Ken Pottymouth. We'll have a swimsuit issue. The Sports Fist knockouts will be the <laughs> names of the models. I like that part. Yeah. Do you want to get fisted? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is the worst. This is the worst. The worst fucking thing I've ever heard. The worst. Does anybody actually oh drink out there? Because that's kind of a problem. This is, sobering up. this is normal this is normal podcast well i think that's an excellent way to end the podcast for the night um i i want to take this opportunity to thank parker for sitting through this and be sitting in you know hutchinson or wherever he lives at right now and and happening yeah and humoring us let's just put it that way yeah. Thanks yep. for humoring us. Thanks for organizing Grand Drunk Railroad Parker. It was an excellent time. I had a wonderful time, and I know everyone else did too, especially that guy who passed out on the plaza. We know that he had an excellent time. We hope you're alive. And listen. Nick Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> for everybody else, uh, thanks for listening, and <laughs> I, I'm just going to let the sounds of Ken Bodymouth and the Sports Fist take you out. Oh, Sports yeah. Fist. <laughs> Sports Fist.
podcast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com